where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. The question that kept coming to mind for me since last Sunday is, now what? I mean, we've had our Holy Church celebrations. You remember the pageant and Christmas Eve and lessons and carols. I can still hear the laughter. I can still see the beauty and hear the music and the meaningful messages. We're still practicing precautions related to the coronavirus and its variants and all the mental, emotional, and physical gymnastics that are related to gathering, testing, recovering. And we're now living in the wake of the most devastating and destructive wildfire. in Colorado history. We've marked the end of another calendar year. 2021 did end. <laughs> I know some people stayed up late to make sure. And with emotions running the full spectrum of highs and lows and everything in between, the past few weeks, the past 48 hours, have required moments of slowing down, of pausing, and even coming to a screeching halt. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times comes to mind. But this is not a tale of two cities. This is present-day life here in Boulder County. Colorado. So now what? Or now what? We start again. Not a full-on sprint, just one step, and then another step knowing that for way too many of our neighbors in Boulder County, starting again will include rebuilding and will require a lot of help, support, and strength. It's a devastating reminder that circumstances can change in an instant. It's also a reminder of the power of an extended community that works together like it did after the flood of 2013. And whether personal, our personal losses and challenges are related to property, possessions, employment, relationships, health, or something else, this moment is an invitation to start again. And if that feels like too much, it's also a moment to imagine what starting again might be like. 
But before we start again, let's look at the Christmas story. I mean, it is, after all, only the eighth day of Christmas. So let's remember some of the characters and some of their lessons. I've got six characters in mind. The first one is the angels. Remember that Remember that God uses messengers to speak to us in important moments. And I imagine some angels like the ones that joined us in the pageant from the Netherlands are wondering, is anybody really paying attention? Pay attention and listen for the angels. And remember Mary, a young woman who seemed powerless Regardless of self-image or the image imposed on peoples by stories of domination and control, remember that in God's story, you are favored and meant to sing with joy and bring to birth God's very being and presence. Remember Joseph. Do the next right thing, even if it's hard. Remember the seekers, the ones who saw the star rising and followed. Look to what is beyond your own understanding and let curiosity and wonder lead you to new places. Open your treasure chests and let your gratitude and generosity flourish. And remember Herod, the power of domination and control is no match for the power and promise of God. Another way of saying that is the darkness is no match for the light of God. Domination and control is not God's story. Whether it is in a couple, a family, a community, a classroom, a church, a corporation, or a country, this story, the story of domination and control, will not end well unless there's a turning and it becomes God's story and the practices and doctrines of supremacy are dismantled. And remember Jesus. In Jesus, God comes close. In the vulnerability of a child and the power and privilege of a Jewish man who lives in limits of his social caste. God comes close in the person of Jesus and shares a vision of what is possible and the ways of love that are everlasting. Angels, Mary, Joseph, Seekers, Herod, and Jesus. With them fresh in our minds and hearts and spirits, we start again. 
And we'll start where Jesus started when he was just beginning his public life as a teacher. Jesus began with the Beatitudes, also known as the blessings of Jesus. Jesus starts with blessings, revealing who it is that will show us the way of God's justice or God's presence. Those who know their need, those who weep, those who are humble, those who hunger for oneness, the forgiving, the clear in heart, the peacemakers. After hearing or reading or singing the blessings, I encourage you to sit with them or walk with them today and this week. Consider this an invitation to know Jesus again and how his teachings show us a God who comes close and is at work in a fresh new way. Consider what these blessings say about Jesus, his life, and what he learned and observed along the way before he began teaching. I wonder which world events and news cycles, which family members, friends, and teachers, which colleagues, which opponents helped him to understand, to learn, and to value the blessing of knowing and acknowledging needs. How did he come about learning the blessing of tears and the gift of emotion? The blessing of humility, the blessing of hunger for wholeness and unity, the blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of releasing a desire for harm, ill will, or retaliation, the blessing of nonviolence as a way toward reconciliation and restoration. He had to learn these blessings before he knew they were blessings, and so do we. Consider, too, the people who bring these blessings to life. And for me, three people come to mind, and I trust others will come to your mind as well. I hope that's the case. The first one that comes to mind comes with a bit of hard and sad news. Not completely unexpected, but I received a text message yesterday letting me know that Linda Pettit has died. I see some of you are quite surprised by this news. It was fast. Um, in her words to me and to others, she knew she was ready. She was not afraid. And she expressed gratitude and love for this community and for so many. Linda came to mind not because she died. 
she came to mind because of what she shared with us in a video in October. Linda Pettit knew her need when she made her first entry into a 12-step program, something she talked about very openly. And in practicing those 12 steps, she learned to be comfortable with her need for a higher power, with her need for a community that can support and understand. And she learned humility. She told us in October to look for the miracles. And when that was first shared with her, when that was the lesson someone was trying to teach her, she said, but life is hard. And the person said, look for the miracles. And Linda said, but it doesn't seem fair. Look for the miracles. I don't think this is going to work. Look for the miracles. And very gradually, over time, she began to see, to be aware, and to appreciate. Wanting what she had rather than longing for what she didn't have. Appreciating family. Loving and appreciating this church. Always with a willingness to volunteer. Linda Pettit embodied the gift of knowing her need and humility. The second person that came to mind is someone I've never met. Her name is Rama. She's a Muslim woman who taught John Philip Newell, a contemplative who I have met, how to speak about Jesus. The story could start out like any good bar joke. A Muslim, a Christian, and a Jew walk into a bar. But they didn't walk into a bar. They walked into a retreat center. And they gathered, sharing a hunger for oneness and a desire to be peacemakers. These three were leaders and writers in their respective traditions. And when they gathered, they spent time listening to each other's sacred scriptures. And then they spent time together in silence. And then they spent time together sharing. And after reading the Beatitudes and a period of silence, John Philip observed that Rama's countenance was radiant even more than usual. And then Rama said, I so love Jesus. Peace be upon him. He's so compassionate. He's so humble. He's so merciful. I so love Jesus. Peace be upon him. This Muslim woman taught this Christian man how to see and appreciate and speak about Jesus. Together they embodied a hunger for oneness, a desire to be peacemakers. 
The third person that comes to mind is also someone I never met, but she's a student of one of our teachers. This seven-year-old student embodied clarity of heart in these words. And here's the context. Her family lost their home in the fire. The family, her parents are architects and they helped design and they built this home. So you can imagine the layers of loss there. And here's what this seven-year-old student said to her parents. At least this time when you rebuild, I'll be able to help you now that I know how to use a drill. And a little child shall lead them. And this little child will lead us too. Starting again is not a sprint. Either is rebuilding. It's going to take time. And you know this because you know how much time it took to rebuild after the flood and how much time it took to get things organized to a place where action can move beyond the first responders. There are going to be more stories, more messengers, more moments of decision, And just like the lessons learned in 2013, we're going to find that there's more that we can do together than we could ever imagine. It's not all on one person. It's not all on one community. It's all of us together. And we'll do this one step at a time learning and serving together as we go. So for now, remember the lessons of Christmas. Remember to care for your spirit. If you haven't already learned to rest, learn to rest because there's no room for quitting. This is now part of God's story. And this rebuilding will be our common task. So let's, let's go to the table and remember who we are and whose we are. And remember that our understanding and our imaginings are only a piece of the story The God who came to be with us is with us and within us. And thank God before us. Let's just follow.